In 2010, I decided I would start my own business, an architectural design side hustle. But how did I start it? And why would anyone start a side hustle when they already had a full-time job in an architecture practice? That's exactly what I'm going to cover in this episode of Architecture Business Club, the weekly podcast for solo and small firm architecture practice owners just like you who want to build a profitable, future-proof architecture business that fits around their life. I'm the host, John Clayton, and if you want to get notified when I release a new episode and get access to free resources and exclusive offers, then go to mrjohnclayton.co.uk forward slash ABC and sign up to my free weekly email newsletter. Now let's discuss side hustle architecture. Hey everyone, it's John. In today's episode, we're going to talk about side hustle architecture. So a good place to start is what is a side hustle? So a side hustle, if you've not heard that term before, is usually an extra job that you do outside of your your usual job or a small business that you run outside of your, your usual job that you're doing day to day or a way of making extra money on top of your usual salary. So why did I start my own architectural design side hustle? There's a few different reasons. Firstly, I'd recently been made redundant and I felt I had less job security. I think up to that point, I'd always felt like I had a very secure job and every practice I'd worked at, it felt like it was a job for life. And that feeling went away. I I suddenly felt like, geez, this, is, this isn't a job for life. You know, I haven't got the same security that I had before. What can I do about that? The other thing was that I'd, I'd always loved to travel. I'd previously spent long periods of time backpacking, traveling the world. Uh, I also had started a family and my wife's family lived on the opposite side of the country. So we were somewhat divided. The The idea of creating an online business, which was my original idea, one that was location independent, really appealed to me. And I thought that that would fit in really well wherever my family and I lived in the future, that that would still work for us and provide for us. And at that point, we needed extra money. I'd bought a house um, recently, a first first home together. We had a mortgage. We had an 18-month-old daughter. There was a lot of bills to pay every month. And at the time, it just wasn't possible to progress any further at the practice that I was currently working at and to get that pay rise that I really needed. I should just add there that after I'd been made redundant, I did manage to find a job relatively quickly at another practice. And this is is the point when this journey of starting the side hustle really began. So how did I start my side hustle? I should caveat, this is not necessarily the way I'd recommend you start your side hustle. It's just sharing my own experience. One of the first things I did, I had a friend who was a business owner. He ran his own digital marketing agency. So that's a business that creates websites, created company brands, um, helped people with paid advertising, all that sort of stuff. So I went to him and I said, I'm thinking of starting this business and I, I know I'm going to need a website. Can I can I get some advice from you? 
And he put me in touch with a regional growth hub that was part of a local council that supported startup businesses. I gave them a call. I went and met with a, a mentor, had a free meeting with a mentor that was part of that organization. And he, he listened to what I had to say and he gave me some advice. And when I went away from that meeting, he'd given me a workbook that I could use. And in this workbook, there were resources in this workbook to help you write a business plan. I'd never written a business plan before. I had no idea you even needed a business plan to start a business. So I took that workbook away and I thought that I'm going to work on that. And I also discovered the possibility of grant funding that was available, that actually for startups, often there is money that's available. You can get grants, you can get free money to help you to start your business. Often it's match funded. And in this case, they said, if you start this business, send us your viable business plan. We'll take a look at it. We'll look at the startup costs. And you know, if you're going to need that new website, we'll fund 50% of the costs. So this was amazing. This was amazing for me. So I left really motivated. I went home and I started working through this business plan workbook that I'd been given to map out what my business goals would be, what my business objectives were, what products and services would I sell, what would be my USP. Um, I did competitor research to look at who else was um, working in the industry that I'd be competing against and considered how I would manage and operate this business. And also did some initial financial forecasts and, and considered the potential risks of this uh, new business venture. My dad was a small business owner and he recommended I spoke to his accountant. They offered a free initial consultation. Um, so I went along, I had a chat with them about accounting, which again, I knew absolutely nothing about. And I decided that I'd employ them as my accountants when I got started up. I also set up a separate business bank account and the bank's business manager strongly recommended I used bookkeeping software to manage my day-to-day -day finances. I decided I'd start trading as a sole trader as I expected turnover to be very low to begin. So this made sense to me. But I also registered a limited company at the same time using an easy online company setup service to protect the trading name if I decided to use it in the future. I intended that I would leave the, that company dormant until it was time, if ever, it became time to switch from being a sole trader to running a limited company. But my perfectionism had really started to creep in and nine months had passed by and I'd still not finished my business plan, let alone started my side hustle. And if I didn't finish my business plan, I wouldn't be able to apply for the 50% match funding to cover my website build costs. So I was starting to worry. I was starting to think, is this business ever going to get started? Am I ever going to finish this business plan? What can I do to just get over my perfectionism and get this thing started? Remember, don't forget to subscribe to my free weekly email newsletter. You can do that at mrjohnclayton.co.uk forward slash ABC. And if you enjoy this episode, then please visit podchaser.com, search for Architecture Business Club and leave a five-star review. Now back to the show. And then something happened. I, I spoke to my friend uh, from the digital marketing agency and he said, John, you're a good friend of mine. And look, if this is holding you back, like we can do you a deal. We can do you a great deal. It's going to bring your website cost down to a quarter of what we'd normally charge our clients. 
So he said, look, just don't worry about applying for this grant. This is going to be much quicker and cheaper for you. And your business plan is good enough. It's good enough to get started. So that set me on my way. The next thing I thought of was, well, I feel a little bit uncomfortable about this idea of having a side hustle while I work at this practice. So I actually went to work and I spoke to my employer, which actually many people don't do when they start a side hustle. But I did. I went to speak to one of the directors of the practice and I explained exactly what I had in mind and why I was thinking of doing it. And surprisingly, they said, John, as long as there's no conflict of interest and it doesn't affect your work at the practice, what you do in your own time is up to you. We, we don't mind if you want to go and start this side hustle business. So I felt much more comfortable starting my side hustle knowing that I had their blessing. So I instructed the digital agency to build my website I contacted an insurance broker to get a quote for professional indemnity insurance. I also contacted a local business centre I discovered that offered a low-cost virtual office service. So virtual office service, this offered things like a phys- well, a mailing address. So it's like a virtual address for your business so that you can you know, use that address in your marketing. You can put it in business listings, that sort of thing. So it anchors your business geographically somewhere. They also set me up with a phone number with call answering. It was a local number. So if people made inquiries, they could phone that number and a receptionist would answer the call for me on my behalf. So this was absolutely perfect. It meant that while I was working at the practice, somebody else was going to answer my calls for me. And they even offered mail forwarding. So when letters came in, I could either choose to go into their uh, business centre and pick the letters up or I could ask them just to forward them to my home address. So this was just a really quick and easy way and it was relatively inexpensive as well to be able to just start off and have um, a proper kind of presence for this business. As soon as the website went live, I set up listings on free online business directories like Yell, Thompson Local, Free Index, and also on what was Google My Business, which is now just Google Maps. So I set up all of those business listings and Then I went back to my day job and I waited for the inquiries to start coming in. So is there anything else that I'd have done differently? Absolutely. There is loads of stuff that I would have done differently. I think one of the key things is I would have actually stuck more to my original business plan and focused on building a team to grow my business. If I'd done that, I'd be in a much better position today. Instead, I fell into the trap that most startups do of trying to do everything myself. So a few things to consider if you're thinking about starting your own architecture side hustle. I would ask yourself a few questions. I would consider why are you doing it? What is your motivation? What are the reasons? And are they right? Are they the right reasons for starting an architecture side hustle? Do you always want it to be a side hustle? Or do you want to grow it into a bigger business? Because this might affect how you decide to design it. And there could also be a conflict of interest with your current employer. So think about how you could design your side hustle in such a way to mitigate that. Could your side hustle even complement or help your current architectural practice? For example, by sending the inquiries that you can't handle to them. Perhaps if you got an inquiry from somebody uh, that was looking to do a big project that was outside of your um, 
area of expertise or was just too big for you to handle as a side hustle, could you send that to your current practice and help them out too? I'd also ask yourself, do you have enough time and energy to run a side hustle? It's a lot of extra work. If you're already working, you know, 37, 40 hours plus a week, have you honestly got enough time and energy to put in the extra hours that are required, not just to start this business, but keep it running? And what would you do if your side hustle grows more quickly than you expected or takes up more of your time than you thought? So what would be your contingency plans? So here's one or two suggestions if you're thinking about starting a side hustle. I think be clear about who you want to serve and how you're going to help them. Find a niche. You can still take on a variety of projects, but it can help you to stand out amongst the crowd and allows you to get more of the types of inquiries that you really want. Also, do write a business plan. You don't need to take nearly a year to write it like I did, but something simple is better than nothing at all and there's lots of templates and guides available online. I recommend you do your due diligence. You might just want to design stuff but you need to make sure that the foundations are in place too. So contact your bank about a business bank account, talk to an accountant, talk to an insurance broker. If you're a member of a professional organisation like RIBA or CIAT, talk to them too because they are there to help. And also don't forget your peers. If you've got friends who work in the industry, perhaps run their own practice, ask them for advice too. It may be absolutely invaluable. I'll talk more about running my side hustle and what happened to me in a future episode. Next time, I'll be talking to an award-winning social media trainer and strategist, Sarah Clay, about how architecture practices can leverage LinkedIn to accelerate business growth. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Architecture Business Club. If you liked this episode, think other people might enjoy it, or just want to show your support, then please visit podchaser.com, search for Architecture Business Club, and leave a glowing five-star review. It would mean so much to me and makes it easier for new listeners to discover the show. If you just want to connect with me, you can do that on most social media platforms. Just search for at Mr. John Clayton. The best place to connect with me online, though, is on LinkedIn. You can find a link to my profile in the show notes. Remember, running your architecture business doesn't have to be hard and you don't need to do it alone. This is Architecture Business Club.